B'Shem Hashem Na'ase V'Nasliach. Welcome back, everyone. Good to be back after a few weeks um, to our um, ongoing Zerah Shimshon class on the parasha. Uh, today's parasha is Parashat Shofetim. We hope that in the Zechut of Zerah Shimshon, um, we should be all zocheh to all the promises that he makes to have much prosperity, atzlaha and refu'ah, and especially those that are single may merit to have a bait ne'eman be'israel very, very, very soon, be'karov v'zmano, as the Zerah Shimshon promises. Um, this shiur is dedicated le'ilu nishmat Zerah Shimshon, Rav Shimshon Haim ben Nachman Michael, um, and, huh? His yurt size is Thursday? Yeah. Okay, Lelu Hashem. Okay, wonderful. So don't forget to light a candle for the Zerah Shimshon this week, especially on, I'm going to check, on Thursday especially. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, also, it should be for the Rufuah Shalema of Kol Chole Am Yisrael, Obifrat, Michael, Levi, Ben Dina, Tinok Ben Shiran, and Chaya Ahava Gadosh Bat Neda. And Yehoshua Ben Sarah, Yaakov Ben Ezat, Yosef Ben Munavar, Yonatan Rafael Ben Gladi Simha, Revital Hayabat Gladi Simha. Okay, all right. This is Drush Gimel, the third Ma'amar of the Zera Shimshon and the Parashan Parashat, Shofetim. It says in the second parak of Gemara Yoma, Talmud Yoma, Chafbet Amud Bet, page 22, second side of the page. How do you even say that in English? Amud Bet, second side of the page. It is what it is. All right. It says in Perak Bet of Yoma, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shemuel. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Shemuel. Why is it that the kingship of King Saul, King Shaul, was cut short? Very short. It did not continue to his children. It did not, he did not finish his term either. What happened? So, one says, Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Shemuel, the reason why his kingship did not continue was because he had no flaw in his family. In his lineage, there was no flaw. You might ask, what, is, what does that even mean? Right? Maybe we'll discuss that afterwards. That because he didn't have any flaws, he was not zochet to continue his kingship. That's Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Shemuel. Why? Because Rabbi Yochanan says, In the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yehotzadak, this is still the Gemara, says, You do not choose a leader upon the congregation. Unless he has a group uh, uh, of creatures like rats, Behind him. Meaning what? You do, not, you do not appoint a leader of a congregation, a leader to lead people, unless he's got some skeletons in the closet in his past. Not in his present, obviously. 
right? We're not talking about the leader of certain countries that we know of. We're talking about they had some issues in their lineage in the past. Why? This is the Gemara. It says, Shame So that if he becomes arrogant, if this leader becomes uh, too big of a shot, They tell him, Hey, hey, hey. Before you let it get to your head, why don't you look behind you a little bit? Right? Meaning the Gemara says, unless he has rats behind him. Meaning, he's got some past that he might not be too proud of. So that people could say, hey, before, before you get, let it get to your head, why don't you look behind you, my man? Something stinks. Don't think you're too good for everybody all of a sudden. We know where you came from. Right? When a person comes from humble beginnings, he's more likely to remain humble even in his leadership. Right? Because at least sometimes he is reminded in some way, shape or form where he comes from. And then they'll be able to lead better. That's what Rabbi Nachman says. Right? Uh, or, uh, sorry. Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yehud Sadak. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Rav. Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rav. Mi peneman enash Shaul. No, really, you know why Shaul was actually punished? He says different thing. So you know why he was punished? That his kingship didn't flourish and didn't continue? Why? Because he renounced his own honor. He did not stand up for his own honor. When he didn't stand up for his honor, at that time Hashem said, he's not going to be able to lead anymore. And he took the kingship away from him. Now, just on, on the outside, just let me tell you what it means to renounce a king's honor. So the parasha says, Som tasim alecha melech. You shall appoint for yourselves a king. We have a commandment from the Torah that the Jewish nation, when we have the Beit HaMikdash, when we have the leadership of the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol and the Nevi'im, we appoint a king. That king, like it was then, was chosen by the Navi. Most of the time, that's what it was. The Navi would say that Hashem has spoken, so-and-so will be the king. Because the kingship is a representation of Hashem's glory and Hashem's throne, he's the right hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world to lead the nation. He doesn't have a right to, to, to renounce his own honor because it's not really his. The honor is the honor of the crown. So if someone belittles the crown, he's not really belittling that person. He's belittling the crown that has been bestowed upon him by Hashem. So a king does not have the right to be humble in the face of, you know, people being rude to him or saying wrong things about him, even though you could be as humble as you want, but this is not about you anymore. Once you become the king, once you're chosen, that just means you represent something higher than yourself and you have to stand up for that honor. If you don't stand up for that honor, then that honor will be cut short on you. So that's what it said. Because he was machul, he was mochel. He, he was, you know, he, uh, he was a little, basically, too humble, if you could say. And he renounced the honor that he was given. How? Let's see if he brings it here. Okay, I'll tell you outside. Let him bring the example here. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Sheha Kol Nihiyah B'Dvaro.
What happened was King Shaul was chosen by Hakadosh Baruch Hu through Shmuel Anavi. Samuel the prophet chose Shaul HaMelech as the first king of Am Yisrael. He was chosen by Hashem. Shmuel HaNavi was very proud of him. Because Shaul HaMelech, you guys know we've spoken about this several times. Shaul HaMelech was a great tzaddik. Like, just, just think to yourself what it would take to be the first king ever chosen from Am Yisrael to rule over, the, over Am Yisrael. I mean, what do you have to be to be the only one, the first to be chosen? You're not some Joe Schmo, okay? This is a make it or break it type of situation. He was amazing. There's so many Mepharshim that talk about the Pasukim, that talk about who he was. He was, like a, he was like a shoulder higher than everybody else in wisdom. And he was just, he was not an ordinary person. <clears throat> One of the attributes that King Shaul had was that he, his humility. As good looking, as good of a lineage that he had, flawless lineage, good looking, sharp, tzaddik, all these things put together, he had, and he knew he had, yet he was very humble. He was extremely humble. Even when he was chosen as the king, he kept that humility. He was very humble. However, what, what Chachamim are saying is, it, it was that same humility was the cause of his downfall. And we're going to see why that was so. Right? He was extremely humble. As great as he was. When he was chosen, at, I have a question already. Wow. Could you say the same about Moshe? Like his life was cut so short because of him being so humble? No. The question was, can you say the same thing about Moshe, that his life was short because he was humble? No. You couldn't. Uh, you'll see why. Can you compare both King and Moshe uh, as representatives of Hashem? Yes, you can compare both as representatives of Hashem. But, but you don't have an instance when Moshe Rabbeinu was too humble. Hmm. For instance. Sorry, for instance. Because the kingdom and, 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 and Moses, um, uh, are they the same? Are they, are they similar or are they different? The king is going to act different than Moshe. Because Moshe's... King has different... You, you have to understand, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't crowned as the king. Okay? As much as he was the king, he was the greatest leader Am Yisrael ever had, but he wasn't crowned as the king. Right. Crowned as the king has different halachot also. However, however, even if we say Moshe Rabbeinu was like a king, which he wasn't, and you will see in here as well, see what he was, but even if he was, <clears throat> when, when Moshe Rabbeinu was accused by his cousin, you know, the whole episode of Korach, as humble as he was, he denounced everything they said publicly. He came clearly and he said, Hashem, you're my witness. If I've ever taken a simple thing from these Jews, I've never taken a bride, I've never taken anything. You know? And he was the one who said, if, if I'm right, the ground should open up and swallow them whole. You know? So he wasn't so quiet. You understand what I'm saying? Which was the same way. Quite literally, what they were saying about Moshe Rabbin was also... Uh, 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 putting a defect on Hashem's will as well. Because they were saying, oh, this is not from Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu himself is taking all the honor for himself. Right? So, very good example, comparison. Whoever did, was that you, Shana? Because I can't believe it was him. Was it, it was, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's always Yehuda. So, on the day that King Shaul was chosen as the king, 
he was taken through the streets with an entourage of people behind him, and everyone was saying, Yechi HaMelech, right? Long live the king. <clears throat> and then it says that when he was going through his corridors, there were people amongst the people, those that like to always cause trouble, there are those that are always on the left, or there are those that are just simply jealous. You can't just put it any other way. They're like, ah, he's gonna be our king, Shaulchi. <laughs> you know, you know how they do when like a guy, you know, there, there's a famous saying that says, En navi be'iro. There's no prophet in his own city. Meaning what? Little kid that grew up in the same neighborhood of Pico Robertson, 40 years later, all of a sudden gets chosen as the prophet. Everybody around that community sees him as Shmulik. You know? Shmulik said Moshiach's coming? You know? You know what he used to do when he was 10 years old? He was climbing walls. And I remember, you know, people can't get over. Right? So that's why they say, it's, it's natural sometimes. It's bad. And in fact, it's a sur. It's a sur to bring up a person's past in front of them after they've changed. Imagine somebody like, for instance, you know, uh, sitting at a table on Shabbat and, 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 and asks the Balabait, you know, is this bread uh, yashan? Right? Uh, okay, I mean, if people, some people might not know what yashan is. Okay, is this, is this, is this pizza chalav Israel? Right? Some of his older friends could be sitting around the table and I go, did you just ask if this, if this pizza is chalav Israel? You forgot, you used to eat dominoes with everybody. We were the ones who would tell you, like, stop eating dominoes. Now you're chalav Israel. Right? That's asur. It is asur to do that. Putting someone down because of their past. Because they've made changes in their life that you feel is better or whatever. Even as a joke, it's a sur to bring up that past. Many people do not know that. So it says, Shaul HaMelech, as he was going in, there are people that were saying, oh, he's going to be a king over us. Meaning not accepting Shaul HaMelech's kingship. Right? And over there it says, Shaul HaMelech did not answer anything. Didn't oppose to it. And he didn't do anything to them. And it seems, the Gemara says, what he should have done was punish them with mitah. They were right there, they should have been killed. They were chayav mitah. They, they should have had the um, uh, 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 severe punishment for, so to speak, revolting against the king and putting the king down on the day that he was chosen by Kadosh Baruch Hu, but he decided not to. We'll see a little bit of why and, and, and how that went down. But it's saying, because he was machul al-kvodo, because he renounced his own honor, instead of standing up for that honor and having them killed, his kingship was cut short. Now, the Zerah Shimshon is going to just explain shortly why the, both of those reasons that the Chachamim and the Gemara gave are needed. One of the reasons was what? We said, one of them, one of them said that it was because his kingship was cut short. Why? Because um, 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 he, didn't, he, right, he, didn't have, uh, he didn't have a dirty history. He didn't have a, a, a flaw in his lineage. That's why it was cut short, right? And the other one said that it was because he was machul al-kvodo, because he renounced his, his kavod. Those are the two reasons. Now he says, So he says, really, these two 
these two understandings of the Chachamim and the Gemara, they're not arguing with each other. It's not two different reasons. It's one and the same. Really, the second opinion is coming to add on to the first opinion. It's not arguing with it. Why? And really, the main reason why Shaul HaMelech was punished was because he renounced his honor. And the fact that Shmuel says that the reason was because he didn't have enough of a flaw in his family. Really adds on and strengthens the reason that Rav gave of the fact that he was, he renounced his honor. Because that Shmuel that adds that it's understandable if Shaul had some kind of flaw, he would be able to be justify his humility by saying, Shaul HaMelech would have said what? You know why I renounced my honor? Why? You know why I did that? I only renounced my honor, why? Because I didn't want people to say, hey, 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 who do you think you are all of a sudden? Yesterday you were a shepherd. Today you became a king, and now you're getting offended that we're not accepting your... Look behind you, my man. Remember who you really are. So Shaul HaMelech could turn and say, you know why I didn't say anything? Because they didn't want him to turn to me and say, hey, hey, calm down, buddy. It's just been a day. So if it was only that reason, then we couldn't blame Shaul HaMelech for that. If it was only the reason of the fact that he didn't have any flaws... Because if he did have a flaw, that would have been a detriment. He could have turned around and said, you know why I, was, you know why I renounced my own honor? Because they could have turned around and said, who do you think you are? So therefore, saying, but now that he had no flaw, now that he didn't have any flaw, for sure he should never have renounced his honor. Because he didn't have any flaws. There was no reason for him to be machul on his honor. To renounce the honor. Because it was, his lineage was flawless. There was nothing in his closet from before. Right? Now, however, it's still a difficulty here. Now, we still have a difficulty. Now, listen to this. It's beautiful. It says, really, if you look at it, Shaulah Melech doesn't seem like he did anything wrong. The fact that he was being humble and he was showing humility there was nothing wrong with what he did because on that day that he was chosen to be the king of Israel and all the people came and said long live the king they did not give him the enough respect they didn't treat him with enough respect like a melech like the pasuk says They sent everyone to go home afterwards, after the whole, you know, the crowning ceremony. They sent everyone home. And Shaul also went to his home. It says, and a, and a, like, a, like a soldiers and army of Hashem went with him, those that were inspired by God. Those that were inspired in their heart by God followed Shaul HaMelech. What does that tell you? Not everybody. Not too many people. 
The Pasuk is already telling you, there were those that were inspired by Hashem and inspired by Shaul Melech. They said, ah, oh, we're soldiers now. It wasn't everybody. And then it says, amru, And those that caused problems, the men said, and, and so on and so. They said, oh, he's going to be a king over us. Wouldn't have it better if the Pasuk would have said that everybody went behind Shaul HaMelech? Everyone accompanied him? And we see that not only not everyone went, not even a fraction of the people went. A small amount of people really followed Shaul HaMelech. Not that many people. Only the soldiers that Hashem inspired, so to speak. There were people that were taken by the ceremony and they were on a high it seems like those were the ones that like really accepted it and and went with him this shows that not everyone really accepted Shaul HaMelech as the king it's one thing if you have a couple of uh, troublemakers right you have to deal with them but if you have half the nation Part of the nation not accepting you as a king, what are you going to do? Go kill everybody? Can't do that either. There's a problem there. If that's happening, there's a problem. You can't get rid of everyone. Right? Like the Mefarshim say, the commentators explain that he wasn't really wanted, he wasn't accepted by, by all of Am Israel yet. And it seems from the Pashat that that's how it is. Because afterwards it says, only after, Let's all go to Gilal and, Gilgal and renew the kingship there. Which means what? More work needed to be done for him to be established as the king. He hadn't been established yet. So if he hasn't been established yet, why would you kill people that didn't accept you as the king? You haven't been established. And we see why is that true? Because we know that the Zekanim, the elders of Am Yisrael, gave the same etzah, the same advice to who? It says, He says, There's a pasuk in Malachim, Malachim 1, 12, 7. That the Zekanim, the elders, came to Rechavam. Rechavam was one of the sons of King Shaul. Right? Already it was known to Shaul and the Chachamim and the Nevi'im that Rechavam was not going to have an easy time to carry the kingship of his father. He's not going to be accepted very easily. He's not going to have an easy time. And Shmuel Anav, did I say Shaul Amelech? Shlomo HaMelech, I'm so sorry. Shlomo HaMelech, son was Rechavam. Right? Rechavam was not going to have an easy time carrying his father's kingship. Right? Already Shlomo HaMelech was told by Hashem that after his death, his, his, his generation after him are not going to have an easy time to keep the kingship. Okay? They were told this. And the Zekanim told him, the elders told him, when, they, when he was, you know, when people were saying, Yechia Melech to him, long live the king to him, people were not accepting his kingship, the elders told him, listen, today you'll be a servant to them, tomorrow they'll be your servants. Meaning what? 
Take it easy. To Rechavam, the son of Shlomo HaMelech. Basically telling him, listen, relax. They're not going to accept you right now. There are people bad-mouthing you right now. Let it go. Today you'll be a servant to them. Tomorrow you'll be a king over them. They'll be your servants. But we got to do it slowly. And we got to do it with, you know, politically in a correct way so that we'll be able to, you know, really announce your kingship and be accepted by everyone. Right? That's what they said to him. That's what they said to Rahab Am. So if that's what the Etzah was to them, what did Shaul HaMelech do wrong? Shaul HaMelech was, I mean, why was Rahab Am later on okay to be like that? And by the way, he didn't listen to the, to the Zakanim. He didn't listen to the elders and he lost his kingship. He was not, I mean, not lost. He was not accepted by much, much of Am Israel Because he went straight forward. But the Zakanim told him, don't. You got to be political about this. You got to, you know, you got to take it easy. So that they'll accept you. So it says, It's not good that a king, they told him, it's not good that a king should show judgment on the first day of his kingship. Ah, go easy today. Be nice, smile, wave. Just so that people will, you got to be likable today. Right? <coughs> You had a question. I was just going to ask, because um, you said that uh, Shlomo's son would not have had an easy time, and by that you mean the people wouldn't have accepted him? or Right. It meant that people wouldn't accept him easily as his, fa- as his father was accepted. Right? Shlomo Amalek was accepted pretty much easily by all of Israel. Right? But he was told that his son afterwards, Rechavam, would not have an easy time to unite the nation under him. Right? And we know after that, that's, 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 it just goes downhill from there, unfortunately. Where there was a divide in the nation, there were different kings that ruled over different parts of the Shevatim, and so on and so forth. And the rest is history. Right? And it kind of started from there, around then. So it says... <clears throat> if you think about it, Shaul HaMelech wasn't just a king, right? He was a great Talmud Chacham too. Like Moshe Rabbeinu was. Right? So it says, V'af Talmid Chacham. Also, regarding a Talmid Chacham, Da'amrinan Hatam, that the Chachamim say there in the same Gemara, Kol Talmid Chacham she'enu nogem v'noter kenachash. Any Talmid Chacham that doesn't take revenge and... Um, and bear a grudge like a snake. That's what, it, that's what it says. Any Talmud Chacham that doesn't bear a grudge or take revenge like a snake, Makshim Hat, Eino Talmud Chacham, is not really a Talmud Chacham. It's hard to understand. Right? It means a Talmud Chacham that has been disrespected. Right? And doesn't bear a grudge or take revenge on that person that disrespected them is not a Talmud Chacham. That's what the Gemara says. And we'll, we'll go into the understanding of what it really means and how technical and uh, in reality what it means. But that's what the Gemara says. It says any Talmud Chacham that doesn't, un, that doesn't... Basically what it really means is if a Talmud Chacham doesn't understand the value of his Torah and doesn't, doesn't stand up for the kavod of the Torah pr- pr- to protect his honor, is not a real Talmud Chacham. 
He needs to understand that Talmud Chacham, that is, 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 is a great sage, a tzaddik, he also represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he represents the Torah. If someone disrespects that, they're disrespecting the Torah. And they have to... Huh? That's not the time to be humble right. So this, this whole Ma'amar is kind of... What, what, the reason I like it and I wanted to discuss this Ma'amar is it shows that not everything all the time is black and white. Not every uh, characteristic that is, that is talked about in all of Chazal as positive characteristics is not always a positive characteristic. Everything has a place and a time. Everything. There's a time to get angry. There's a time to hate. There's a time to go to war. There's a time for everything. Uh, being lovely and dandy all the time and living in a jungle, you could be a hippie, but you're not going to be a chacham. Right? Love everyone and love everything. It's like, uh, no, you can't love everyone because there are wicked people out there. And if you love a wicked person, it doesn't say much about who you are. Even that goes further into like, hating that wicked person doesn't mean you hate them. Okay, fine. There's depth within depth to that also. But on a, on a bigger scale, and more broader scale, more generalization of, of the concept, no, you can't love everyone. You can't be... For instance, I, I love this example. I heard this example from, uh, 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 from Rav Zevlef. Right? It says, uh, you're, you're walking, you're going to baseball. Okay? Uh, you're going to baseball with your friends. The, the, the girls... What? You're going to basketball? No, it doesn't work with basketball. You're going to your friend's house to do your nails and you have all your, what do you call them? Your kit with you. Like, right? You'll see why. It's your friend's wedding and you're going to do her makeup for her and you have all your kit with you. It's better. So you're walking down the street and you see someone, you see somebody running towards you. They're just running. Right? And guys, all of a sudden you decide, you take your bat and you just bash them in the head with the bat, they're on the ground, you just keep on bashing. And girls, you tell, take your scissors, nail file, whatever it is, and you just start, you know, you're just going at it. Now, if you do this, chas v'shalom, you're crazy. You're, you're evil. It's, there's no other way of putting it, right? That's just evil, that's harming people for no reason. Right? That's evil. Someone that bashes someone in the head with a bat or so it hurts, that's evil. That's wrong. Right? Now say, back up, that same person is running towards you, but he's a terrorist that just shot 30 people and he's going somewhere else to do the same to other people. You have an opportunity. If you bash this person in the head like there is no tomorrow, are you evil? You're the savior. You're a tzaddik. But do you see the difference between the line where evil and righteous meet each other, so to speak? It's, it all depends on the situation. Good characteristics also have a time and a place. Here too, you could say to yourself, I'm a very peace-loving person. I just can't bash this person in the head. You're evil. 
You're not peace loving, you're evil. You probably endangered hundreds of people's lives because you're peace loving. That's not peace loving, that's being evil, right? Who said it, you know? Uh, 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 evil is for good people to stand by and do nothing, something like that, right? Remember, there's this famous line, it's like, it's, it's the same as when you do nothing in, in, the, in the face of evil, it's the same thing as being the evil, right? Millions of Jews were killed in the Holocaust, right? When so many countries just stood by, just stood by, some of them for political reasons, other because we don't want to go to war, chas v'shalom, you know, we don't, we're peace loving. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not peace loving. It's, it's not the same thing. So this is what we're saying here. It's about refining our characteristics. A Jew has to learn to refine their characteristics to, to basically come up and show up at the right time. You need to become when you're supposed to become. You need, you need to be angered when you're supposed to be angered. And sometimes that means if you're standing up for the kavod of Torah, yes, you need to get angry. Right? I just heard, it's it just mina shamayim. Today I, I heard of Rav Avrikta Miller. Zechat Tzadik Bekadosh Livracha. Rav, uh, Rav Miller, it says that one time he was at a, uh, uh, at a uh, event. Uh, and somebody, and, and in this event there was a lot of Rabbanim and there was a lot of laymen also. I guess like wealthy people and stuff, maybe a banquet. Somebody gets up and he starts like saying things like bashing Talmidei Chachamim and saying things against Hashem and Judaism, like bad things. I don't know what kind of event it was that this guy... So it says Rav, Rav Miller starts looking at the Rabbanim and he says, someone stop him, we need to stop him. We need to stop him. So they just go, not now. Not now, it's okay. We're just, not now. He says, what do you mean not now? We need to stop him. Now. They don't do anything. Right? This is his grandson saying this story when he asked them himself. He says, he took his glasses off, put it in his pocket and he got up to get physical. If you guys know Rav Avigdal Miller, you'll understand how that's like totally not Rav Avigdal Miller, right? He got up to get physical where two rabbis held him from two sides, like a, a fight was about to break out with an elderly, Rav Avigdal Miller was elderly, right? And he turns to them and he says, if you're holding me, it means you're going to come and help me. If you're not going to help me, please release me because I'll do it myself. So his grandson, the Rav, said, so I asked him, weren't you embarrassed? <laughs> In front of all these chachamim and everyone's telling you, like, no, no, you, no and, and you're the one who... Says, he said, listen, this is only Rav Victor Miller. He says, imagine you're standing in your window at home. You look outside of the window and you see three guys beating up your mother like for no reason and she's on the floor and they're just kicking and punching her. At that moment, do you think to yourself, I don't know, it's three guys, I'm only one. I don't even fight. I don't even like to fight. It's not within me to fight. Not that kind of guy. Do you think that way? No. Your blood rushes to your eyes, to your head, to your heart, and you just jump in. You might not even know what you're doing. You just go head first, punching and kicking. Why? Because this is the honor of your mother. Rehidimah says, that's what you do for the honor of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's how it has to make you feel. 
So put aside your humility and I'm a calm guy. Everything has a time and a place. That's what this Ma'amara is talking about. So let's follow through. Can I just recommend a book about the traits? Orchot Sadiqim talks just about... Orchot Sadiqim, absolutely. Talks about this, yes. Great Musar book. Ve'af. So he says, so therefore he says, Ve'af betalmit chacham, and the talmit chacham, it also says, any talmit chacham that does not, uh, that does not stand up for their honor is not a talmit chacham. Right? Ve'nam alevim. Hold on one second. I skipped the page. My bad. Makshim hatam mehahi. Dhane alavim. Ve'nam alevim. They ask there that those who suffer insults but do not insult in response basically the Gemara asks over there how could you say that a Talmid Chacham that doesn't take revenge and avenge their honor and they suffer the insult how could we say that he's supposed to take revenge and have a grudge against somebody. You're asking a Talmud Chacham to take revenge and have a grudge. And then they say, actually, it says, Really? We don't mean that he should bear a grudge. Right? Really, he should just keep the matter in mind. Meaning, the Talmud Chacham is told, listen, shouldn't really hate Obviously, someone that said something bad to you, derogatory, put you down. Don't bear grudge, but don't forget either. Don't let it go so easily. He says, therefore, in this case too, Shaul really kept it in his heart. He didn't just let it go. He's basically strengthening the question. This is what happened, because the Torah, the, the Navi says, when Shaul heard them saying these things about him, it says, and he was, he, he made himself like a mute. Which means what? He only made himself like a mute. He knew what was going on. Right? He kept it in mind. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just understanding that, listen, maybe right now is not the time. It's the first day. Not everyone has accepted me yet. I'm keeping it in mind. I'm not doing anything wrong. Right. And that's exactly what he said. When they told him that these people are Chayav Mita, you know what he said? He said, no one will die today. That was his way of saying that today's a happy day. No one's getting killed. That's what he said to them. Right? He just said that he doesn't want to punish anybody, but he kept it in mind. Right? So we strengthened the question even more. So hold on a second. Even if you say that Shaul HaMelech had the level of a Talmid Chacham, even if he wasn't a king, he had the level of a Talmid Chacham, which he was, even according to the levels of a Talmid Chacham, he did nothing wrong. Right? Even according to the levels of a Talmid Chacham, all he did was, he kept it in mind, like a Talmid Chacham shoot. So now he starts to answer. He says, He says, really? Really? Honestly? When it came to his kingship, the honor of the crown, he should have never been machul. He should have never renounced his honor. 
Why? Mishum dekvar hayan nivchar ma'kadosh baruch hu lemelech. Because he had been chosen as the king by God that time. Fully. Which means what? And contrary to what the Jews believed or thought or felt, they had to accept him as the king because Hashem directly told Shmuel Anavi, he is the king. Period. Nobody else. Which meant, if they're putting him down, they're putting HaKadosh Baruch Hu down. This wasn't a question of a maybe or a shaky kind of crown, a shaky kind of uh, kingship. This was no, written in stone. Hashem has said he's the king and he had to be accepted. You can't say the same thing here that those Chachamim said to Rechav Am. That listen, today be a servant, tomorrow be a king. Relax, take it slow. You can't say that here. You know why? Because over there it's different. Because his kingship really dependent, was dependent on the acceptance of Am Yisrael. Because Shmuel Anavi, Shlomo HaMelech was already told by Hashem that his kingship is going to be a little shaky. So they already knew that Rechav Am, his kingship was going to depend on people accepting him. So with him, the Chachamim said, listen, take it slow. But Shaul HaMelech's kingship didn't depend on people's acceptance. There was only one thing. It was HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was ordered by Hashem. It was already a gezerah on the house of David that his grandchildren are going to be problematic. Their kingships are going to be shaky. But over here, his kavod was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kavod. And because of this, he was punished. Because he did not give enough honor to the kingship. And he had mercy on those people that were causing trouble. And he should not have been merciful on them. If you guys were in different shiurim that we had, remember, this was a repeating flaw, unfortunately, that was the cause of Shaul HaMelech's downfall. He put mercy when he shouldn't have put mercy. Same thing happened when it came to Amalek. He had mercy on the animals. And we talked about this before, about misplaced mercy, right? Misplaced love, misplaced courage. These things always end up in the wrong place. And when there is misplaced mercy, what happened? Later on, Shaul HaMelech ended up killing and annihilating an entire city of Kohanim. The person that had Rahmanut on animals... Mercy on animals didn't have mercy on his own people. The Kohanim of his own people. Right? Which became his downfall. But it started here. He had mercy again. <coughs> because of this he was punished. <laughs> because the same thing happened with the Amalekites. <laughs> now, that was, that was the answer to the kingship. We said he didn't... Should he have stood up for the kingship? Yes. How about as a Talmud Chacham? We said as a Talmud Chacham, he acted correctly. Right? Why did he act correctly? Because he kept it in mind. When the Gemara says you should keep a grudge, it doesn't really mean keep a grudge. It means like, don't let it go so easily either. Right? After all, you're a Talmud Chacham, you stand up for the Torah. So it says, Shara Lefi Perush Rashi, Rashi over there explains, 
the fact that it says that he kept the matter in mind, in the Gemara it says, what does it mean that the Talmud Chacham should keep it in mind? What does it mean that if a Talmud Chacham's honor was trampled upon, he should not let it go, but just keep it in mind? Rashi says, you know what it means, keep it in mind? If other people come to avenge his honor, let it happen. Be quiet. If a Talmud Chacham's honor, if a Rav's honor is being trampled upon, he should maybe be silent. But if other people stand up for that honor and want to take things in their own hands or do something to put that person in, in its place, in, in their place, he should let it happen. When David was being cursed, the reason he didn't do anything was because he saw in Nebuah that Mordechai is going to come from that person. And that child wasn't born yet. So David HaMelech said, not now. On his deathbed, right? His last will to his son was, you know what you need to do with this person. Because at that time, that child was already born. That was going to be the ancestor of Mordechai, right? So he did punish that person, but, and he kept it in mind, never let it go. He understood that when time comes, he needs to be punished. He's chayav mita. And he was. Orale? Okay. Imken levasof amel shemuel. Therefore, at the end, when the people eventually came to Shmuel and Avi and they said, People went and they said, Who? People that were supporters of Shaul HaMelech, they said, Who said Shaul's not a good, good enough king? Give him to us and we'll rip him around. Give him to us and we'll, 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 we'll extend punishment upon them. There were people that really wanted to take things into their own hands and punish those that did not support Shaul. Shaul HaMelech should have been quiet. What did he say? He, did not, he was not quiet. It says, Vayomer Shaul, lo yumat ish Shaul said, no. No one's going to die today. It says, even as a Talmud Chacham, he did not act correctly. As a Talmud Chacham, if other people were going to take things into their own hands to grant him his honor that he deserved, he should have let it be. When they wanted to take that revenge, he said, no, don't do it. And so, as far as being a king, he did not act correctly, unfortunately for the honor of the kingship. Because his kingship was supposed to be a pillar of strength. It came directly from Hashem and he should have stood up for that and he didn't. And his chokhmah as a Talmud Chacham should have been protected as a Talmud Chacham, as a tzaddik of the generation, at least by other people. He did not allow that to happen. Listen to this. The Rambam brings in Halachot Talmud Torah Perek Vav Perek Zayin Yud Gimel He says The Talmud Chacham Shebizuhu Betzin'ah If people Chas Shalom Disgrace a Talmud Chacham In private Midat Chasidut Hilimchol It is a pious custom It's a form of piety For the Talmud Chacham To be Machul to forgive. In sin'ah, meaning, in private, they disrespected the Talmud Chacham in private. It's a midat chasidut, 
it's a pious uh, thing to do. You're being overly righteous to let it go and be machul and to forgive. However, here with Shaul HaMelech, it was in public. So even the Rambam says, if it's in private, okay, midat chasidut, let it go and be machul. Which means the Rambam holds, if it's, in, if it's in public, no, you're not machul. And if others want to do something about it, you need to let it happen. Because it's the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, we have to understand something. We need to recognize something. We have to have more respect and honor for our Chachamim than the Sefer Torah that's in the Echal. We have so much honor for the Sefer Torah. It comes out of the Hechal, we kiss it, we hug it, with it. all of that. If, 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 if for a millisecond a Sefer Torah is a little wobbly, everyone in the shul, you know, starts sweating. Right? But whose honor is more? The Talmud Chacham for sure. Because the Torah without the Talmud Chacham is just a Sefer. No one's going to learn it. No one would understand it. The Talmud Chacham is a living Sefer Torah. He is the one who passes the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu from generation to generation. He is the one who encompasses the entire Torah. He's alive. He's living. Yet, unfortunately, in some circles, it's the opposite. The Torah is, and the Talmud Chacham is, eh. You know, whatever you do, please don't become a rabbi. <laughs> you know, right, please. You know, it's like, the honor of a Talmud Chacham, sometimes, unfortunately, in some circles, doesn't have the prestige that it should. In some circles, Baruch Hashem, those that understand, those that know, those that know what a Talmud Chacham, a, 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 a living Torah is, you should just see. You know, Baruch Hashem, there's many circles in our communities that they have such respect, there's such awe for Talmidei Chachamim. So that's why it says that Shaul HaMelech was punished. Because even, even if you would go according to the fact that he was a Talmid Chacham, there should have been some minimal punishment for those people. Not minimal, there should have been the main punishment for those people. Vafal Gav, so he brings, he says, even though that a person that disrespects a Talmud Chacham, is, he's not Chayav Mita Bide Adam, he's not, you know, he's not put to death by the court. You don't have that severe punishment for a person that is Mevazet Talmud Chacham, who embarrasses or disrespects a Talmud Chacham. A king, yes, but not a Talmud Chacham. So he's saying, oh, you will tell me, okay, but as a Talmud Chacham, Shaul HaMelech couldn't just punish them because he's a Talmud Chacham, right? He says, Mikol Makom, he should have added this punishment to that. A, he's the king. B, he's a Talmud Chacham. If he's not going to punish them himself, at least let other people do it. But he didn't. This is all, this is all an outcome of misplaced sympathy Misplaced Rahmanut, which unfortunately in today's day and age has become rampant. This misplaced respect 
misplaced love, misplaced rachamim, mercy. Is, 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 we're living in an upside-down world. Where we're, we're, we're killing the elderly in a hospital is called mercy. That's called mercy. Right? But in certain states, a nine-month-old baby could be aborted, that's having mercy. Because of choice, because of this, it? It's absurd when you say it out loud. But that's, but, but that's where we're living. That's where we're living. This is, this is the age of, like, Saddam and Gomorrah, this is it. Saddam and Gomorrah, this is it. It's all misplaced ideologies where sensitivity has a different form. Right? We don't know what it means to be sensitive. In, in politics, in, in, every, in, in every facet of, of, of life you look at it, this is what's being taught in schools. You know what I mean? Uh, racism has a different form today. Even racism has a different form. I, 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 sometimes by being, trying to be extra sensitive, people are actually being racist. And they don't even realize it. How would you like it if someone would come up to you, oh, you're Jewish, oh, bad bacht. Misken. Like, Why? It's like you're being looked down upon. No one would like to be treated that way. Nobody. Right? Torah Tenu teaches us beautifully with every single pasuk that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells you to be merciful, know when to be merciful. Even when Hashem says go to war, when the Torah says go to war against this nation and avenge my honor and, and annihilate them, Right? right afterwards says, Verichamecha. The Torah says, I will give you mercy. It says, I will be merciful to you and I will give you mercy. Chachamim asks, what does it mean, I will give you mercy? What, is it, what, what, what does Hashem mean by, I will give you mercy? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I know what you will ask me. I'm asking you to go to annihilate a nation. Animals, women, children. Yes, they were evil, but I'm still asking you to kill. What's going to happen when you kill so many people? You're not going to be such... It's going to have an effect on you. You're not going to be the same person anymore. Where you're not going to be a kind person. You've killed. Right? There's Chachamim that even say, like Rabbanim, that people want to, let's say, become a shochet. They want to be, go, go learn how to do shechita. Kosher slaughter. There's rabbis that tell their students, do something else. Because at the end of the day, it has an effect on you. You're killing an animal. You're, we're supposed to, it's a mitzvah, but okay. It's not for everyone. But over here Hashem says, because I'm ordering you to go kill these enemies of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're right. Your level of mercy might come down, I will add mercy onto you. Meaning I will make sure you're not going to become a savage. Because you're doing it for me. If you're doing it for me, I will guarantee you, you'll never become that savage person that you're thinking, oh, I'm a killing warlord now because I went to war. I will make sure that's not going to happen because you're doing it on my command. So Hashem understands us from within. That's why when Hashem says there is a time, there's a time to go to war. There's a time not to use mercy. There's a time to, to, to be angry. Those times could be a mitzvah. 
but we just have to know when those times are. May Hashem always help us to, to use all of our characteristics. L'shem shamayim, baruch Adonai le'olam, amen ve'amen.